It's Thursday, so that means you are tuned in to the Worry Less, Pray More show. We hope everyone out there is safe and cozy from the snow today. And because of the weather, we decided to take one more week off. So here's a message from Chris called Unlimited Power. How to be magnetic. How are we going to pull that off? How are we supposed to live for the Lord? I want to start with a verse, Galatians 5.16. So I say, walk by the what? By the Spirit. And if you do, what will not happen? You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The flesh, as we know, where the Bible teaches, is our fallen sinful nature, right? We know that when Adam and Eve first were created, there was no sin. And when they sinned, the Bible says that they were ejected from the Garden of Eden and started having children. And to make it simple, basically the Bible teaches that sin from that point passed on to all men. So we're all born with a a desire of fallen nature, thus the reason for Jesus Christ to restore us. Amen? So we have this thing called the flesh. But the Bible says if we walk according to the Spirit, we won't gratify the desires of our sinful nature. We won't. And uh, the key is we need to walk by the Spirit. What Spirit? What are we talking about? The Holy Spirit. Amen? The Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Did you know that the Holy Spirit has been here before the creation of the world? The Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity, just like Jesus is and just like God the Father is. And uh, if we look at Genesis 1-2, we'll see that now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He's been here for a long time. The Holy Spirit is a person with a personality. He's not a force or an it. He's a he. He has emotions. He has desires. He has a will. And uh, he is a person of the Trinity. Where does he reside? The Holy Spirit resides only, this is cool, man, only exclusively in the hearts of believers in Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. Nowhere else on the planet or no other person in the universe has the privilege and the honor of having the gift of the Holy Spirit to be inside them. Only believers in Jesus Christ. And as I was studying for this message, you know, I've known Jesus Christ now for 16 years, and I was like, wow, that's incredible that the Holy Spirit only resides in those who have accepted Jesus Christ. Let's read Romans 8.11. But if, and don't discount, when we read Scripture, you've got to become like a crime scene detective. I was a former New Jersey State Trooper for 26 years, And during that 26 years, I had a time where I was assigned to the CSI unit, the crime scene unit. And a good attribute of a crime scene detective is to walk to a crime scene and say, why is that door open? Why is that shoe over there? Why is that like that? Why? Because we want to find out who did that to that person or whatever. Amen? So asking questions is okay when you're reading Scripture, and it's, you know, when I used to process crime scenes, I like to take my time. Nobody was going to push me out of my crime scene. When the crime scene unit showed up, we took possession of the crime scene. Other troopers, other police officers, the prosecutor's office, anybody. If it was the New Jersey State Police crime scene, this is my crime scene. You're not going to rush me. 
I'm not turning over this crime scene until I'm done. And uh, a good attribute to be a crime scene detective is to ask questions. So when Chris Simonton reads verses, when I see things in Romans 8:11 that say, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, by the way, who raised Jesus from the dead according to this verse? The Holy Spirit. But if, that tells me that not everybody has what? The Spirit of the Lord in them. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, that's how we should read Scripture. Even little words, you, wanna, you want them to hang you up, hick you up, because it makes you stronger in the Lord. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Miraculous. What? The Holy Spirit is going to dwell in me? Well, who is the Holy Spirit? Simply the heart of a father. You ever say of a, of a son, you know, you see a dad and a son, man, that kid has the same spirit as dad has, right? The Holy Spirit is just the same heart that the father has. It's passed on to us when we accept Jesus Christ. Incredible. What does the Holy Spirit do for us? Well, he helps us. He teaches us. The Holy Spirit is our friend. He's our helper. Let's read John 14, starting in verse 16. Jesus speaking, which is also key. You don't want to like overlook any of those little facts. Jesus is the one talking. And he says, I will, help, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to do what? To help you. And how long will the Holy Spirit be with you? Forever. Isn't that comforting? Forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth, as he's often called, Jesus called him, the world cannot what? The world can't accept him because he, they neither see him or know him. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you do not know the Holy Spirit. Point blank. Amen? The world cannot accept him because they neither see him or know him. But you know him, church, for he lives with you and will be in you. Powerful. John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father... The Lord of glory will send in my name. Will what? Teach you all things. You don't need anybody but the Holy Spirit to teach you things. Amen? You're struggling with something? Here's a promise from God that you can stand on. Lord, you said. That's how, that's how I often pray sometimes. Lord, you said thus and thus. I encourage you to pray that way. We'll teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said. Wow. The Holy Spirit's going to teach me all things and remind me of things that Jesus said. Another thing that the Holy Spirit loves to do is talk about Jesus. You cannot talk about Jesus properly apart from the, prop, the power of the Holy Spirit. John 15, 26. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. He will talk about me. Another thing the Holy Spirit does convicts us of sin, which is a good thing, guys. When we get off track, it's the Holy Spirit's job, if you're a believer in Christ, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, well, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. But if you have the Holy Spirit, one of his jobs, which is a good thing, is he's going to tell you in a soft, loving way that you're off track. Don't do that. Don't go there, or you shouldn't have done that, and you need to confess it and get right with God. Amen? John 16, 8, when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. 
about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The Holy Spirit's job, one of them, is to convict about sin in order to restore. He guides us into all truth and tells us things to come. John 16, 12, I have much more to say. Look at all the times that Jesus Christ at different times in the Bible, different ways, continued to emphasize the Holy Spirit. I did not realize that until I studied for this message. I have much more to say, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you where? He's going to guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will never lead you down the wrong path. If you're a person led by the spirit, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Amen? He's going to lead you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. And he will glorify me because from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. One time somebody asked me to meet with them. And I met with them. And the Holy Spirit, not Chris Simon, the Holy Spirit said, this is what he's involved in. This is what he's doing. And I want you to tell him that you know because I told you, basically, that I know. So I just said, you got to take a chance when the Holy Spirit does that. I said, this is what you're doing. This is what you're involved in, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, wow. The Holy Spirit read his mail. Not me. The Holy Spirit will tell us of things yet to come. That person rededicated his life to Jesus Christ. He's a dynamic testimony, and he's now in ministry. What a powerful uh, uh, testimony. But the Holy Spirit will do that. If you allow him and get to know him and are sensitive to his leading. You know, many of us think that when Jesus ascended, right, back to the Father, he gave instructions, and he did. And, and we all think, you know, he said, go into all the world, right? The great commandment. Preach, baptize, and do all these things. Matthew 8, right? But that's not the last thing. Jesus was so strong on this point with his disciples. Instead, he commanded them not to leave. Jerusalem until they received the Holy Spirit. Let's read Acts 1. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through crime scene hat. The what? Holy Spirit. You mean Jesus gave instructions by the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes. That's how Jesus operated. After suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs. This is after he raised from the dead that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and on one occasion, verse 4, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Jesus said, listen, you've heard me speak about the Holy Spirit over and over. I'm telling you guys, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the gift from my God. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Why didn't he want him to leave? Because the Christian life is not designed to live on your own. Amen. You ever hear anybody say, I'm not the one? You might hear a mother say to their kids, yo, you better get that room clean because I'm not the one. I'm not the one to play with. You're going to clean your room, all right? Well, Christianity is not the one. If you want to live your life on your own power, then choose another religion. 
Because all through history, through the thread of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about dependence upon God. When God wanted to take out a giant, he didn't raise up another giant. He raised up David, a little boy, shepherd boy, who had the habit of depending upon God for everything. When the Midianites were hammering Israel, God didn't raise up another army to challenge them, more soldiers than they have, more skilled fighters. No. He went on a search and found a guy called Gideon. He said to Gideon, hey, mighty warrior. Gideon said, I'm the weakest in my family. Are you joking? Because this is a rude joke, Lord. God says, I'm not joking. And by the way, the 22,000 soldiers that you have, send them home. We're going to use 300. Why? Why does God do that? Demonstration of his power. The same thing. God doesn't want you dependent on yourself to live the Christian life. He wants you dependent on his Holy Spirit. It's all through the Bible. It hasn't changed. But now you have a gift. David didn't have that. Gideon didn't have that. The Spirit of the Lord used to come upon people back in those days. But man, today, he comes to live inside of you. Amen? So Jesus was explaining, don't leave. Don't go anywhere until there's power. But they weren't getting it. They kept asking questions. Acts 1, verse 6. They gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus in verse 7 said, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father set by his own authority. He was basically saying, listen, you're getting off track. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit here. You want to know when we're going to do this and that. Don't worry about that. Verse 8. But, when you, people use the word but, he's like, but listen, get back. This is what I'm trying to tell you. But you will receive power. 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 When the Holy Spirit does what? Comes on you. Is Jesus Christ lying or telling the truth? He said, amen. He will receive, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. You will then be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. After he said this, then he was taken up, and a cloud hid them from, his, from their sight. Basically, Jesus is saying, don't try to cast out no demons. Don't try to lay hands on the sick. Don't try to tell anybody about me until you receive some power, amen, from the Father. Jesus himself operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, verse 18. Look at this. Jesus speaking. He said, the spirit of what? The spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he, who has anointed Jesus? The spirit has anointed me to proclaim good news. He has sent me. Who has sent Jesus? The spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord raised Jesus from the dead. The spirit of the Lord anointed him to do ministry. And the spirit of the Lord sent him out. And if we think that we're going to try to do stuff without the spirit of the Lord, we're crazy. If Jesus needed the spirit of the Lord, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Mm. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down the eyes of everyone were fastened on him. And he began by saying this to them. Today, Jesus said, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It reminds me of a testimony I heard. A contractor was, had a low boy trailer with a big excavator on it. Chains break and the whole crew's got to pull over. The crew knew that the owner of the company is a Christian. Maybe one of you guys are in that situation. 
And of course, his crew was a little on him. Oh, what you going to do now, boss? Because we ain't going anywhere without those chains. I guess you're going to pray. <laughs> Pickup truck is coming. Tailgate is down. Goes around a sharp bend right where they're pulled over. And a chain flies out of the back of that pickup truck. Boss picks it up. Says, go to work, boys. <laughs> Amen. And Jesus said, that scripture is fulfilled today in your hearing. Now let's go to work. Amen. God never wants us to do anything in our own power. He always wants us dependent upon him. Even in Zechariah 4, 6, look what the Lord says. Not by might, nor by power. Forget it. But by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's how we're supposed to operate. In his power. The Holy Spirit does a lot of things, but mainly provides us power to get the job done. To live the Christian life. To tell others about Jesus. Acts 1.8 again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We were never intended to live or follow Jesus apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. When he needed to take out a giant... I said it already. He didn't raise up a giant. When he needed to take out that nation, he didn't raise up an army. Mm -mm. When Jesus left the earth and went back to the Father, what did he emphasize? He said, don't do anything. Don't go anywhere until you are clothed with power. Basically, Jesus is saying, then you'll be ready. He told Gideon, when you get down to 300, then you'll be ready. When you're clothed with power from the Holy Spirit, then you'll be ready. Luke 24, 49. Again, Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. How many times did Jesus tell him that? But stay in the city until you have been clothed with what? Power. Then you'll be ready, church. Then you'll be ready. Do not do anything or go anywhere until you've been clothed with power on high. When we try to live out the Christian life in our own power, it simply does not work. I've been there. I've tried. Peter was the best example. My man Pete. When, you know, Jesus was getting arrested, what did Peter do? Wham, whipped out that sword. Whoop, whoop. Ear fell on the ground, right? What did Jesus do? Oh, man, get that ear back up here. <laughs> Peter, what you doing, man? Why, he's healing the guy's ear, right? What else did Peter do? Peter went to Jesus and said, oh, no, Lord, you ain't going to no cross. What did Jesus say? Man, get behind me. Jesus had a problem. He kept putting his foot in his mouth. He was excited but he didn't have the Holy Spirit in him yet, right? Man, some little girl came to him, said, hey, wasn't you with Jesus? What did Peter do? He gone, like on Duck Dynasty, right? He ran. He said, no, I'm not with no Jesus. But what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell and when the Holy Spirit came inside of the believers, then what happened? Then Peter went out to preach, right? New man, game changer, power. He spoke and it said, the Bible says, that it cut to their hearts in a good way. 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ in one day as a result of the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't Peter. It was the Holy Spirit. And that's the same thing that can happen to us. I know when me and my, life, me and my wife first gave our lives to Jesus Christ, we didn't know anything. We went to a Bible study, and they said, turn to Matthew. And I was like to my wife, yo, who's Matthew? Right? That's how we started, me and my wife. And guess what? We didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. But I know that something was changing in me. I turn on HBO, and 
a bunch of F-bombs would come out. And I'd be like, uh, it was like somebody was punching me. Why? Because at that time I was very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has emotions. He's a person, not an it. Peter became bold as a lion by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, we become what the Bible calls full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we display what the Bible says is the fruit or the byproduct of the Holy Spirit. And people actually see, not us, but Jesus Christ, a replica of Jesus Christ. That's the goal of the Christian life. We want to resemble Jesus Christ. Even, check this out, the Holy Spirit could even give you a facelift, a holy facelift. Some of us need that, like in our marriages, in our homes, amen, our workplaces. We need a facelift because some of us are not displaying the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Acts 6, they chose Stephen, 6-5. They chose Stephen, a man, what? Full of what? And what does that tell you as you're, crime scene detective. They chose a man full of faith and full of, what does that tell us? That tells me not everybody's full of the Holy Spirit. Who did they choose? They could have chose anybody. They chose a man full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. Guess how full Stephen was of the Holy Spirit. Verse 15. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin, looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Stephen was so full of the Holy Spirit that his countenance resembled the face of an angel. Is that incredible? Man, we have no idea. We are missing it. Myself, Chris Heimlichter, is missing the power that's available to him through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will prompt us, protect us, lead us, guide us in all truth. Do so many things for us. The Holy Spirit will do it all, including pray. Romans 8.26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless, wordless groans. Sometimes you do not know what to pray. And the Bible says, the Holy Spirit says, I'll help you. One time I was with a, a good friend of mine, went to Buffalo, New York. He bought a nice motorhome. We're in Buffalo in the mountains, and, and the motorhome is hiccuping and hissing and pulling over. Tractor trailers are going by us in the mountains. There was snow all over the ground, 15 degrees out. Kept breaking down, breaking down, pull over, break down, pull over, break down, pull over. I'm like, wow. I'm behind him, following him in my car. He's like, I don't know what to do, man. I called the people. We're too far away, this and that and the other. I just bought this thing. cost me a lot of money. I'm looking at it. I don't know what to pray. Holy Spirit leads me to pray. Break it. Pray that the motorhome breaks. I'm like, Lord, I pray you break this motorhome. I pray you break it where we'll get help. I pray you allow it to break. If it's going to break, break it anyway. That was a prayer led by the Spirit. My buddy's like, no, no, no. Don't break the motorhome. That thing fires up. It wouldn't even get over 1,500 RPMs at the time it kept breaking. After that prayer, it fired up to 3,500 RPMs, took off like a rocket, right? Goes to a one-horse town, up a mountain, breaks down. He sputters into a parking lot. We look up, and it says, like, 
JoJo's Garage. Lights are going out. Guys are headed home. We're foreigners, basically. We're from New Jersey. We're in Buffalo, right? We walk in. Guy's wiping his hand, just like a, I'm telling you, just like a TV show. He's like, hmm, well, we're closing in 10 minutes, but I'll fix it. Fixes the motorhome. We say, how much we owe you? What do you think he says? He could take advantage of us like you wouldn't believe because we're stranded, right? Nothing. Man, amen. You want to tell me that the Lord didn't lead me to pray that prayer? Who would pray for the thing to break? But well, listen, when you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you're going to pray things that might not seem right. You know, you might have a, a person that's living a life that, that doesn't agree with Scripture or God. Sometimes you got to pray, Lord, I pray that you lock him up, that you bring him to his knees, that you do, you know what I mean? But you got to be sensitive. You don't even know if that's what to pray. And the Bible says when you're in a position when you don't know what to pray, rely on the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're so hurting from a death of a loved one. And there was a young girl that just got murdered on the side of a road in May's Landing recently. He used to go to this church. And I'm sure her family is in a situation they don't know what to pray. How do you pray when you're that hurting? Maybe you've been there. Well, I want to encourage you. Rely on the Holy Spirit from this day for everything including prayer. And I encourage you to pray for that family. What else? The Holy Spirit produces fruit in us so we look like Jesus. Galatians 5, 16, check this out. So I say, crime scene, let. We're going to stop on the word let. What does that mean? So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So I say, let the Holy Spirit God, your life. This is God speaking to you this morning. So I say, your life may have been the same for the last 15 years, but it's changing today. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let the Holy Spirit. Then you won't do what your sinful nature craves. That's the secret right there, right? Scripture's speaking back to us. I don't even need to preach on that. The sinful nature, verse 17, wants to do what? Evil, man. You, listen, you feed your flesh, you're smoking, and you're up to two packs a day, and you try to quit that, what does your flesh do? Craves it. Food. Hey, you go into the refrigerator tonight. Now, some of us are walking so fleshly-minded that we're going to get up and do what the flesh wants us to do when it tells us to do it. And that's why we're living defeated lives. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Just get, accept that, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of the sinful nature. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, battling. So you are not free to carry out your, going, your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature... The Bible says the results are very clear. Sexual morality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. And it goes on to say, and other sins like these, because he probably didn't have time to record them. Let me tell you again, he says, have I have before that anyone living that sort of life will not, don't fool yourself, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Man, when we live according to the flesh, it's dangerous. But 
Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Who produces? The Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit's job, to produce, to make you look good. That's not your job. Your job is to yield, to deny, to allow. And the Holy Spirit says, I'll take it from here. I'll produce this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Come on. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, how'd you accomplish that? How'd you do that? What program did you join? I joined the program of the Holy Spirit. That's how I lost this weight. That's how I did this. That's how I restored my marriage. That's how I got back on track. Amen? Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Man, the Holy Spirit will make us look good when we allow him to. What do we have to do? Galatians 5, 24. Those who belong, crime scene moment. Those who belong to Christ. What does that tell us? Some don't belong to Jesus Christ. There are people that we live with, come to this church, that are religious, go to churches, that bang on doors Saturdays, Sunday mornings, that pray towards a certain nation, that don't eat pork. They are trying to earn their way into heaven, and they never know when they've reached the peak. Christianity is not the one. If you want to live on your own power, join another religion. If you want to live on the power of the Holy Spirit and produce fruit and see miracles and get answers to prayer, I asked a person one time of another religion, yo, bro, are, do you like, are you getting answers to prayer? And he was up front and honest. No, I don't. Listen, this is it. We have it. We're the only ones that have the Holy Spirit. Amen? God wants us dependent on him for everything. Christianity is not the one to try to live like the Lone Ranger. Those who belong to Christ, and only those who belong to Christ Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature, because we all have one. we got to deal with it. The antidote is the Holy Spirit. To the cross, and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? It means to live in a moment-by-moment dependence upon God or the Holy Spirit. Stay in conversation with the Holy Spirit. When you see something that's not good, maybe somebody's not dressed appropriately, you're right then supposed to say, Holy Spirit, give me strength, because that's his job. That's not your job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But if you're not talking to him, if you don't know him, if you're treating him like an it, he's not going to help you. But if you're just simply saying, hey, Lord, even those cookies, hey, I need your strength. And you'll be amazed what happens. Lord, I want to argue with her, him, or whoever. You'll be amazed when you yield to the Holy Spirit. He will produce love, joy. You can forgive people under the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? But you can't do it on your own. But you need to stay in conversation with the Holy Spirit moment by moment. The Holy Spirit gives us power to deny ourselves, which means to crucify our simple desires and to do what God wants us to do. The power not to argue, power not to overeat, power not to lust, the power not to fear, and the power to tell others the most important message in the universe about Jesus. Wow, the power to live a life that resembles Christ is found in a moment-by-moment dependence on the Holy Spirit. 
the power to overcome any addiction. The Spirit of the Lord raised Jesus Christ from the dead. What kind of addiction could match that power? When we yield to the Holy Spirit, there is no addiction that can hold you back. If you're being held back today, forget about it, as they say in North Jersey, right? Tap in to the power of the Holy Spirit and move forward. And you will be on. How are you going to be unstoppable? Through the Holy Spirit. Look at this. We all know this verse. Philippians 4.13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's his job. Right? His job to give us strength. You want your marriage on the right track? Man, get the strength from the Lord. You can do it. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Through the Holy Spirit. Don't leave, Jesus said. Do not leave, please, until you're clothed with power from on high. The promise of power. It's the game changer. It's the very heart of the Father. So how do we tap into the power of the Holy Spirit? Real quick, mainly by avoiding things that grieve the Holy Spirit. What does it look like when somebody's really grieving, when they're in pain? They're usually bent over, maybe at their bedside or whatever. The Bible says that you can possess the Holy Spirit and that you can grieve him because he has emotions. Ephesians 4.30, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit and let the verse speak to you and teach us by how. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. That's how you bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. It's by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, and all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We need to deny ourselves, deny our thoughts. Think thoughts. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. But if we think of thoughts about being kind, loving, forgiving, eventually you're going to morph into what the Holy Spirit wants you to be, you're going to become what you think about. Denying your thoughts is the key way to become like Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit. Last verse of the morning. Let's look at Romans 8, 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, because people are dominated, right, by the flesh. It happens. They do what? They think about what? Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. You will become what you think about. What we think, what we see on TV, what we hear, who we hang out with, all can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You might be grieving the Holy Spirit now. You might be involved in something. Or you might watch certain shows that you have dismissed and think are okay. I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit does. If he don't like it, he's not going to show up in your life. He's a gentleman. Amen? I know when I don't talk to my wife right, I grieve the Holy Spirit. We were making our bed last night and changing the sheets. And she's like, it's time to change the sheets. I'm like, oh, man, I just want to, I just want to, like, can't we just sleep on these sheets tonight? And I started to get, you know, I'm like, oh, man. You know what came to me? This message. I'm like, yo, you're about, to, you're about to step over into possibly grieving the Holy Spirit. So I took a sheet, threw it at her. She laughed. We changed the bed. Everything was good. And we even talked about the Holy Spirit and talked about what just happened. It was cool. But anyway, 
What we watch, what we hear, all that can grieve the Holy Spirit. Here's the three things and can shut down the promise of power if you're not careful. But I want you to dwell on these things as I, as I get ready to end. One, it's a promise from God. The Holy Spirit is a promise. It's a gift. Does God keep his promises? If you know anything about God at all, you may be a one-day-old Christian. One thing you're going to learn is God keeps his promises. The Holy Spirit is a promise. Take advantage of it, okay? Advantage is not an advantage until you take advantage of it. Two, how can I allow the Holy Spirit to flow in my life? Just think about that. I'm sure if you dwell on that throughout the week, throughout the month, it's going to come to you. Just start saying to yourself, hmm, I don't have it down. But how can I allow the Holy Spirit to flow in my life? All right? And then the final thing is, how can I shut down the Holy Spirit in my life? I'm sure if you dwell on those three things, it's a promise from God. How can I allow them to flow? How can I shut them down? You're pretty much going to become an expert in the Holy Spirit if you, if you think about those things. This has been the Worry Less, Pray More show. If you want any more info on anything that Chris is up to, you can visit worrylesspraymore.com or check Chris out on Facebook. Hey, we hope you'll tune in next week when we interview Pastor Matt from Crossroads Fellowship in Pleasantville. Can't wait for you to tune in. We'll see you next week.